Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast? Each and every week, Denver sports writer Clint Daly brings you a sarcastic look at the top stories in the world of sports. Whether it's baseball, basketball, football, or hockey, the Daily Dose brings a unique common sense outlook on the world of sports. And if you listen to the show every week, you will be entered into a contest to win tickets to some of the biggest sporting events in the world. Wait, wait, we don't we don't actually do that. What? We don't you don't get entered into win any tickets. Why? That's not why does that's that just, not happen? That's not what we do at the Daily Dose. Just that's not. What kind of show is this? It's a sport. You said it's a sports show. You said what it was. But you don't win anything. But you don't win anything for listening. You listen and what? you enjoy the show. But you don't. I li- don't understand. Just keep going. Each week on the Daily Dose, Clint interviews some of the biggest names in sports I, and entertainment. That's not. That's not. You made that part up. That's not what we had what? you read. We had you come in with the sexy voice and all, but then you're just you're adding stuff that the show isn't really then about. Who talks on this show. I do. I talk on the show. We talk you about have no guests. What sometimes we do, but that's it's not like we're going and getting LeBron James or uh, well, like Michael. Dr- a lot of people listen. There's a lot of people that like the show. You're. Are look, you sure? We brought you, you sure? in. Do we know? We brought you in to do something very specific, and you're not doing what we asked you to do. Just read the. Just finish the read. Fine. Listen to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast wherever fine podcasts are hosted, and you can always find it on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Was that so hard? Everyone out there in internet land, I am Corey, and joined with me as always is Christian for another awesome episode of the Powerful Nerdcast. Christian, thanks for making time to be on the show today. I'm glad we got to finally talk because, Jesus Christ, we have way too many topics to talk about. Things that could probably encompass upwards of two or three hours, and we're going to do our damnedest to try and condense this in the course of one hour. Now, unfortunately... You could, you could like, literally put just Comic-Con, just Rick and Morty just new trailers, just Game of Thrones, like any of these topics could be a whole episode. They could. But we're going to shove it all into one. You know, I almost considered wanting this to be just like a single Rick and Morty discussion like podcast because there's just so much Pickle to Rick. talk about in these last two episodes, which have finally premiered in season three. But uh, we're in the middle of just like this amazing pop culture summer with all these movies and TV shows and Comic-Con, which had some amazing trailers. So if, if you had to start somewhere, where would you want to begin? Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Okay, so Rick and Morty is back for a third season, and it's been a long time coming. Mr. Poopy Butthole was not joking when he said it was going to take them like a good year and a half or longer to get this season out, and it didn't disappoint so far. So far, we're like three episodes in, and everybody knows that the uh, the premiere episode was a big April Fool's joke, which happened a couple of months ago, but now we have the season proper, and uh, the first two episodes, I think, have been really good, and probably some of the sharpest writing 
uh, that I've actually seen from the series so far. So let's just talk about the first episode, which is uh, the Mad Max episode, which is known as uh, to the fans. But uh, the actual name of the episode is Rick Mansing the Stone, which is funny for a number of reasons. One, because they're keeping up the whole like pun of the fact that almost every episode has a name with Rick's name attached to it. It's like a pun on something. And it's also funny to me because it's a pun on Romancing the Stone, which has nothing to do with the episode at all they should have chosen something with like mad max or whatever but still uh the mad max episode um what did you think of it like hands down one of the most interesting worlds they've gone to they definitely always go to crazy places to like say it's the most interesting world is completely utterly subjective because you could have liked more any of the other places they've gone you know any of the other alien worlds i mean the the world with the screaming sun you know, like all the different aliens, the uh, ass planet, the ass planet, the 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 ones where the pizza sits on people or yep. whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever one. There's so many different worlds. But I feel like the subtext of this season is divorce without and, a doubt. Yeah. And you're sort of like it's actually that is the the season is about the family going through a divorce and trying to make it work. But they just get to do it in their way, you know, which is going to like a Thunderdome and having the kids deal with it, you know, and like take over a society and slowly make it uh, boring, you know, and <laughs> make is, it I modern. think maybe one of the funniest and sharpest parts of that entire episode. Yeah, you know, the thing that I really find really interesting about Rick and Morty is that they really stepped up. The writing... I was like, how are they going to make this season as good as last few seasons? You know, last two seasons. And I was like, okay, it's got to just be over the top crazy, which is kind of like the South Park approach. Yes, South Park has great writing, but they're just like, make it crazier. You know, like, make it crazier. But Rick and Morty really just said, make the writing better. And I feel like the craziness of the show is not that much different, but the writing is so much better. Mm -hmm. The writing is sharper. And so I feel like they are really going to have a true arc of this season, mm -hmm. even though it's definitely like Saturday morning cartoons where they go on a different adventure every day, mm -hmm. establish the characters, go on adventures. But there is an underlying theme here, which is obviously divorce. And I don't know. I thought this episode was almost my favorite. Pickle Rick is still my favorite. Pickle Rick you know, it's hard. I, I want to wait until Rick. I see all of season three before I start choosing my favorite episodes. It's hard not to like Pickle Rick, mm -hmm. and uh, Rick Mansing the Stone is one of those episodes you kind of have to watch a couple of times to sort of appreciate a lot of the complexities behind it. Um, I like that you said, of course, this whole season is based around the concept of divorce. Um, I also like that you mentioned the writing as well, because I think every season of Rick and Morty is very distinctive in what it is that they're trying to do. The first season is a straight introduction to the characters, but also to show you this world is going to be very shocking, and we're going to do whatever we want with it. The second season got surprisingly emotional, especially mm -hmm. towards the end of the season, and that was when I think a lot of fans were like, whoa, there's a lot more to this series. And now we have this third season, which is going to take these characters on a journey that they've never been through before. Mm -hmm. And it's it's funny to say a character, because like, they're just normal, ridiculous cartoon characters, but you actually do grow attached to them. And they followed through with the fact that Jerry is no longer going to be living with the family anymore, and they actually kick him out of the house. There's this whole running gag with Jerry in the first episode where... 
He's just basically this lonely, sick dog, just waiting outside of his house, desperately trying to cling on to anything that will allow him to be a part of this family, and everybody just completely disregards him. His kids go away with Rick on a crazy adventure, his wife completely ignores him, and he just stands out there next to this lonely-looking moving van, and you see this little gust of wind pop up, and then you hear this like little whisper going, And damn it, that is so sad and real (laughs) and hilarious. And that's what makes me love the character of Jerry. He is a typical sad sack kind of character, but man, I can't wait to see more of his growth uh, in this actual season. Unfortunately, he's not really in Pickle Rick at all. And he's barely even in Rick Mancing the Stone. He basically bookends the entire episode. Is he going to have development? Maybe the running joke is he just doesn't have development. I think he will, but the only reason is just because some of the previews gave away the fact that there is going to at least be an episode where Rick and Jerry go on some sort of adventure together. Maybe that's the one where Rick gets really drunk. I'm guessing. (laughs) That that could be practically any episode. No, 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 but we all know the voice actor, or if you've seen any of the behind the scenes for this upcoming season, there's that that one where he did the whole episode drunk to to represent Rick Drunk, Mm -hmm. the voice actor, and it was horrible. He said it was disturbingly hard to do. And there's a great behind-the-scenes video of that. Yeah, so... He's just like, uh, Justin Roiland's just like throwing the whiskey back, like just throwing caution to the wind. Yeah. Just like, fuck it, we've done experimental stuff before. Let's see what happens when I get completely, like, trashed and try to record an episode yeah but again i just like the writing is so good yes you could easily say i love the scene where pickle rick cuts all the rats up and stuff but you can also you can also say the scene where uh rick actually ends up having to face some of his problems sitting in the therapist's office (laughs) is really well written that was i think maybe one of the most biting well-written scenes that I've seen from the entire series. Yeah, I think in the behind the scenes, they said they read it. They wrote that scene to look as if that was the first time Rick was actually defeated verbally. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was the the therapist is like, no, you just use science to hide your problems. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not actually better than your problems. You just hide behind them with science. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, uh, <laughs> that was, but that that was also a really great moment. And, and by the way, that scene has actually become very controversial. Really, with a lot of hardcore fans of the series because they feel it's like Rick. Like, there's no one who should be smarter than Rick. There's no one who should be able to one up him before. Yeah. But there have been times in the series where people have proven Rick wrong before. And again. He's like, shoot that- him, Morty, the robots. And then he shoots them, and they're real people. He's like, oh, my wife. He's like, no, they're robots to me. They're pieces of the system. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, but but that that's the other reason why Rick is such uh, an interesting character. And again, with the other casts of, of the series, uh, they're realistic in that they have flaws, and they recognize those flaws. They're not just goofy, cartoony people. And uh, I don't see the problem. Look, if anything, we are over the three-act structure of like, here's the hero, here's his downfall, and here's his comeback. This mm-hmm. show, in some ways, like modern media, like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, like these shows are about tiny victories and mm-hmm. little, little, you know, h- hard uphill battles where you actually don't get everything, even when you do succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, like these shows are hard, you know, to watch because they're full of flaws with their characters that they they elevate. And speaking of flaws, that's kind of like the cornerstone of Pickle Rick, too, because even by the end of the episode, all the shit that he goes through, being confronted by the therapist and then finally turning back into a human, Rick learns nothing. Like that's the on purpose. Yeah. On all because he wants to, and he knows that he can make changes for the better. But by the end of that episode, the only thing on his mind is forgetting about anything that would involve the therapist, 
and just getting completely trashed with his daughter. And she's all on board with that. Like, yeah. the kids are like, so are we going back? Because I kind of liked her. Yeah, like, mm. the, the, the children, Summer and, and Morty, are the only ones who actually care about legitimately maybe trying to bring their families together and have, like, a normal, like, family setting. But th- that, again, goes back to, like, to Rick's character. Like, he's trying to control everything. His daughter is desperately just trying to hold on to the fact that her father is still around. And basically, Beth is an enabler. Um, hardcore which, hardcore especially in pickle rick yeah because her, her whole like purpose throughout that entire episode is taking her family to therapy because she thinks that her children are acting out because of the divorce but really her children are not doing that because of the divorce at all and i thought that was the funniest part of the episode for me when summer's like the reason that i'm huffing this pottery uh, glass stuff is I want people to recognize that I'm doing this not because of the divorce, but because I'm simply a person who just likes getting high. Yeah. And then Morty, Morty's whole problem is that he just he pissed his pants in class. And for some odd reason, Beth thinks that's like them acting out because of the divorce, while it has absolutely nothing to do with it. And they're actually dealing with it in a more healthy way than Beth is the entire time, where she's constantly looking the other way and not realizing that her father's doing all of these really destructive things, which is effectively tearing the family apart. Yeah, I mean, it caused their divorce, for sure. But the other thing is, okay, great nuggets from the from the uh, therapist, but at the same time, she's also a therapist that helps people stop eating poop. And that's the <laughs> funny thing, because, like, the remember the courageous? And, like, Morty's like, what's courageous about eating a hot dog? The point is that the person's courageous because he's not eating poop and he's eating food. Yeah. <laughs> and she just has another... Uh, picture on the other side that she just switches around depending on the situation who's coming in. Yeah, it's like a family dynamic. Why the fuck does she have a giant, like, book on her coffee table that's filled with pictures of people eating poop? I don't know. <laughs> like, what does that purpose serve? The- Aside from just having some, you know, cheap scatological humor thrown in at the very end. To me, it's just, it's like, uh, the other theme of the episode, uh, is also that change is not easy. Even though it's necessary, it's like working out. It's not easy to lose weight and stay on top of your workouts. Mm-hmm. That is work. Mm-hmm. That It can be fun if you have a good group of people you work out with or if you have a routine you like. But at the end of the day, it's work. Mm-hmm. And to get good at something requires some dedication. And for Rick to want to change is at least going to, at the very least, going to take some real work. Yeah. You know? And, and for uh, him, that's just something that he doesn't want to do. No. And that's he, kind of the premise of the whole pickle rick episode why he turns himself into a pickle in the first place is just to avoid all of this bullshit and the other thing is he's kind of like a god it's weird to say that but he literally can do anything pretty much yeah i mean he's the smartest man in the universe without a doubt and every dimension every dimension every possible conceivable dimension yeah he's the rickest of all ricks um but let's get back on track here let's get back to uh rick mancing the stone which you know on the surface is a parody of just the mad max franchise and on that front i think they did a good job of that because Despite the fact that that was sort of like the backdrop and the background of the entire episode, it really wasn't was the defining feature of that story. Although I did like a lot of like the little callbacks to the series. Like I loved the opening sequence where they're driving through the desert and Rick is like, Morty, shoot the guy with the mohawk. And Morty's like, they, they all have mohawks, Rick. What the hell? And, and then you had the great scene where you have the character who's a parody of uh, Immortan Joe from Fury Road who Summer kills in, like, the most violent, over-the-top way, which I'd say Summer was actually the star of that episode. Yeah, you know, Summer is still, like, one of my least favorite characters. She started out as so uninteresting. Yes. Just the the typical, 
a bratty sister who is like the Valley Girl-esque character who doesn't care about anything and is superficial about everything. As the series has progressed, she's become more and more like Rick, which I think is really funny. She's been more open to going on adventures, and uh, of course her way of dealing with this divorce uh, in that episode was probably, I think, the most shocking and extreme because she just immediately took to this super violent world. Like, she had no problem with just killing people and shooting people. Face tattoo. And even joining up with a group of marauders and even getting into a relationship with a guy named Hemorrhage. Yeah, like the, uh, <laughs> just walk away. That's kind of like who that guy was. Uh, Basically, yeah. Yeah. I forgot that guy's name from Mad Max. I don't know uh, if it was Humongous or something. They all had ridiculous names. Like, there was one guy whose name was Lord Humongous. <laughs> Mad Max character names. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, we need to find that out. But, I mean, there were tons of references to anything Mad. Like, it was like a combination of everything, too. Like, the newest movie, Fury Road. But then you had stuff from, like, Thunderdome, which is actually the Blood Dome within the confines of that universe, which I thought was really funny. Uh, you know, th- that that whole universe wears that ridiculous parody on its sleeves, and that's really what makes it funny. They were very not pretentious about it. But like I said, it was it was a Mad Max episode, but it didn't like focus on like the whole Mad Max thing the entire time. It was more about watching how each of these individual characters are dealing with Jerry not being there, the kids dealing with the divorce, with like Summer completely acting out and just doing a lot of crazy violent things and throwing caution to the wind, and then there's Morty who goes through probably one of the most ridiculous things he's ever gone through where he gets a brand new friend in the form of his big beefy arm, Armathy. Armathy. Armathy, which that was a really... character that is great, is an arm and never speaks. Never speaks at all, but has just actually a pretty cool character arc. Yes. Uh, the whole concept in that episode is they go to the uh, the Mad Max world and they're just trying to live out in that world and survive. And uh, Rick decides to give Morty this injection from this like body part, which beefs up his arm. And basically, Morty's arm gets possessed. Like by this like old guy who lived in this world whose family was killed by these uh, these marauders, and the arm has uh, a mind of its own, and it just goes around and just fucks people up in the most disturbing ways possible. But mostly, it just leads to a lot of really great visual and sight gags. Like I love all the motions that his arm does when it's actually in the Thunderdome. Like that's uh, it kind of reminds yeah you can't see it, but it's uh, it's basically <laughs> what the wrestlers do. I think it when was when they Hulk want to Hogan. cheer on the crowd, like yeah, they cheering. spin their hand and put it to their ear, mm-hmm. you know, and then they go back and forth. It's great. So I looked it up. It's Lord Humongous. It is Lord Humongous. Yes, yeah. I he looks it like a ripped Jason with no shirt and pants. Pretty much, yeah. And then uh, there's also Master and Blaster. Ma- oh, Master and Blaster is from Thunderdome. Yes. But- yeah, that's the little guy and the big guy. And then Aunt Auntie Aunt Entity Aunt Entity, who I believe was played by Whitney Houston. Yes. Yes. In between lines of coke. Yeah. <laughs> In Thunderdome, yeah. Seems like kind of a cocaine thing, movie. Funny thing, by the end of that episode of Rick Mancing the Stone, Summer was basically wearing the same outfit as Aunt Entity. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah. They straight up just ripped that off. Yeah. Not also, I didn't off. notice um, in the second episode. Well, actually, no, I did notice now. Uh, I was kind of hoping that uh, Summer was going to keep the tattoo she got from. Uh... Yeah, I thought I was like, <laughs> oh, they're going to leave that face tattoo on mm. for the whole season, aren't they? And yeah. then they didn't. They but... went like full on with that. That was pretty funny. That was um, pretty but funny. But for me, I think, uh, you know, the Armithy stuff was great just because. There's just something about watching, especially that scene towards the end when the arm was finally getting its revenge against that one evil guy. And uh, there's something really funny about watching a teenager sadly say goodbye to his giant beefy arm. There's a masturbatory joke in there. I can't figure out what it is, but (laughs) it's it's hilarious to me. 
something about that was great. And of course, when Rick uh, decides to give all of the uh, post-apocalyptic people like a more modern society with sustainable energy, and they it only took like two weeks for, for to everything get, to just cool down. Get pussified. <laughs> they're like, yeah. they're like, uh, Summer, we saw you weren't recycling, you know. <laughs> And she's like, but they're Whoa. still wearing like shoulder pads with spikes on them. Yeah, and they got like the paint all over them and shit. But funny. then her new husband Hemorrhage is basically dressed the same, except that he's just wearing like a regular T-shirt and just some jeans while watching TV. Like that is hilarious to me. That well, is some great social commentary to show. That's all it took was just that to bring everyone back together and like they literally built like their own little suburbs. Just it was all made out of post-apocalyptic garbage. Well, it shows you when everything's too easy, we complain about things that aren't worth complaining about. Yeah, <laughs> and it'll get rid of all the exciting stuff in life. So at the end of the day, you have to start dealing with people when there's we don't have to watch out for wolves or the fucking Mongols coming over the hill. You can just you know you have to work on your relationship with people, mm-hmm. and uh, it deteriorated very quickly, to say the least. <laughs> My favorite subplot from the episode, though, and arguably my favorite part of the episode, was the Morty, Summer, and Rick robots. Oh, yeah. That was great. That was... You you were way more into that than I was, but then when I started... Like most things in Rick and Morty, once you go back and really examine it, you're like, oh, that's epic. You know, oh, that's a really good line, or that's a really good subplot, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was really cool how they all want to be alive. (laughs) Just like, I love the way that Rick actually programmed them. Uh, in that episode, I mean, they they do retain a lot of the personalities of the actual characters that they are, but they just they still speak in that like weird robotic fashion. And I love how like unsubtle Rick is, like when Summer starts talking, uh, and then he's like, "All right, dial it back a bit, Summer. How about like fifteen percent with a little less dynamic movement?" Wow! <laughs> just like Beth is right there. He's just sort of hoping she doesn't understand. And uh, the funniest thing about this subplot, of course, is that these robot versions are there to basically trick Beth into thinking the kids actually aren't in a way in some post-apocalyptic world. But they all start to become self-aware, the Morty one in particular, and there's a great scene at the end where he starts to declare that he actually is alive, but his bi-processors are not allowing him to actually have sentience, and it immediately does crush it. And this scene has become really famous to the point where you can look up the scene pretty much anywhere on YouTube with Morty saying that he's alive, but there's also this great music remix of it which was done, like, literally less than 24 hours after the episode aired. And I'm not sure who did it, but damn, it is good, and it will get stuck in your head. It's almost as bad as the Yoda Siegel song. The Yoda Siegel song. Only you care about the Yoda Siegel song. I love the Yoda Siegel song. This I, is... didn't, I didn't like it at first, but I started listening to it again, and man, I can't get it out of my damn head still. It's it... tough. I can be your backpack while you run. Exactly. Run, that that run. whole chorus is great. I find myself humming it all the time. I love oh that song. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, Rick Mancing the Stone was good. I wouldn't say it's my favorite episode, but it was definitely a solid addition, and it, it showed that this season is definitely going to be more about the uh, the family dynamic and how it's slowly being ripped apart. And it's probably all going to lead to something pretty insane, and hopefully that involves the return of Mr. Poopy Butthole. Oh. <laughs> Does anybody else want him to come back? I, know I, I just want to see what's going to happen with uh, the, the cyborg Birdman. What's his name? Oh, yeah, Bird Person, who's Bird now person. Phoenix Person. Phoenix Person, yeah. which is a great name because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's reimagined and reborn, you know? <laughs> so Phoenix Person. Yeah, I want to see Phoenix Person. I want to see, uh, is it, who's the his girlfriend's name that was actually a traitor? Forget. Uh, oh, uh, Tammy. Tammy. <laughs> just, just Tammy. Just Tammy. 
<laughs> I want to see all that shit. So I'm excited. I'm guessing that. they're probably going to, I don't know, if they're smart, they'll probably save that for the finale and they'll probably try to do another cliffhanger ending. You think so? I think so. I think they have the ability to do that now. They, they got the viewers by the ass. That show's been doing great in the ratings. The fans are absolutely loving the third season, as they should. It's been a really great season so far. We haven't even really talked about Pickle Rick. Which, we sort of did already. Yeah. But, I mean, Pickle Rick is just... <laughs> Pickle Rick! Pickle Rick was a crazy episode. I just What I love about it is that I think there was, a, there was a one little bit of dialogue in the episode that I think reflected the actual animation team and the creators of the series where Rick mentions that he turns himself into a pickle, but also to challenge himself. Yes. Um, I honestly think the creators of the series were doing that, too. They were like, all right, let's come up with an episode. What about one where he's a pickle? How the hell are we going to make that interesting? That sounds like a real challenge. Oh, okay. I see and they stepped saying. up to the plate. They managed to turn this into one of, I think, maybe one of the most well-written episodes and one of the most like well-animated and fun episodes. Because throughout the entire thing, the whole premise of the episode is that the entire family is getting ready to go to therapy, and Rick doesn't want to go. So in order to get out of it, he transforms himself into a pickle. And his plan is that they're going to leave, and he's going to instantly turn back into a human. But they end up stealing this serum from him, which is going to turn him into a human again, so he's stuck as a pickle throughout the entire episode. And through a crazy course of events, he ends up in the sewers, he ends up getting attacked by rats, which he ends up completely massacring all of them and transforming their bodies into his very own personal living mech suit. And then he ends up going into this, like, giant Russian agency where he it's ends up Russian... basically murdering everyone. And what was the nickname they had given for the pickle person? Because they had that... The... Uh, Slovenia? Slovenia. <laughs> so long, the Slovenia. Man. You know? <laughs> and then the building explodes. Damn it! They, they, they transitioned from, like three arcs with that pickle the rat yeah. arc the uh, first there was the goofiness of him just being a pickle yeah. and going into the sewer then there was the amazing scene in the sewer which i almost wish they never showed us that animatic i know because man it looked great in color and it looked even better in motion and it was so fucking violent i know uh it, it was one of the most intense things that i've ever actually seen and yeah uh Yeah, I think that the uh, animatic was sort of like too much of a giveaway, like mm -hmm. for the pickle combat scene. But then, like the second part is when he goes to the Russian embassy, mm -hmm. and then I guess you could say the third part is when he meets Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguar, voiced by Danny Trejo, I might add. Yeah, absolutely, Danny Trejo. There was also who was the other Susan Sarandon? Uh, Susan Sarandon was uh, the, therapist. the therapist. Yeah, it was so funny when my fiance I made her watch that episode with me, mm -hmm. Pickle Rick. And she's like, okay, this is kind of interesting. And then when he starts fighting all the rats, she just turns to me and she's like, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> and I'm like, I know. I know. It's what the such fuck? a great, well-calculated scene, though. And, and again, it speaks to the absolute genius of Rick to be able to do that even as a pickle. Like, the scene that shocked me, because I was watching this with a friend when it premiered for the first time. Uh -huh. The scene where he, like, falls down in the sewer, and then that roach comes over to him. Did Ben know the animatic? Had he already seen the animatic? He'd anima never seen that before. Oh, okay. When he saw that for the first time, as soon as that sequence ended, he looked at me and he said, Corey, I can say without a shadow of doubt, this is my favorite episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's pretty good. Because he's a pretty casual fan. He's not hardcore like I am. But, yeah. like... That scene where the roach comes over to him and then he just bites down on top of its head, yeah. rips off the top portion, and then starts poking at its brain with its like his tongue. That was so crazy. And then it's just followed by him 
harvesting all of these roach body parts and then waiting for a rat to come in just so he can cut its head off. And he creates this hilarious elaborate body that he uses to fight against these rats. And it's implied that he seems to love doing it. Oh, yeah. Like, like he is having such a ball just absolutely destroying these rats. And I think my favorite part was that one big rat oh, that Scar. he kills. Or, yeah. And he's, he's like, uh, despite your, your unique appearance, you're probably wondering why I didn't give you a nickname like Scar or Stripe. Well, that's because you're not important to me. You're just a rat. <laughs> <laughs> just And then as soon as he's done doing that and just murdering this creature, he's like, oh, damn it, I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just You can tell he's so excited to rather do this shit than actually go to therapy. I know. He's so he's so into like uh, just killing all these rats and dealing with fake problems that he creates himself than mm-hmm. like dealing with anything in his real life. You know, it's so interesting. Also, love when he gets hurt how he he disassembles a sandwich. There is so much good shit, dude. Yeah. We could do the whole episode on yeah. just this but, episode, but of Rick and Morty. To, to set this one up for you, if you haven't seen it, there's this fantastic scene where Pickle Rick is fighting against this mercenary jaguar who's just this this badass dude with like double uzis in each hand and they're fighting in this office setting and they're just jumping around john woo style shooting at each other and they both end up getting injured and they're both trying to treat their wounds with jaguar doing it like in a normal fashion by sort of pouring some alcohol over it and burning the wound he takes apart a bullet and puts gunpowder and then lights it so it burns close the wound that's fucking awesome and it's something that Someone might actually do in real life if the situation called for it. But paralleling the scene is Pickle Rick, who also ends up getting hurt. And there's, like, a huge chunk of his pickle taken out. So yes. he pulls over this, like, half-eaten hamburger. Pulls starts out pulling the out the ingredients. First he takes a tomato and squeezes the juice over the wound. Then he takes an actual pickle, like a little, like, slice of pickle. And he staples it to his side. Yes. And that scene is crazy it and then crazy. All, i was gonna say also with that at the same time beth is dealing with the hardest moments in therapy as rick is dealing with the hardest moments in combat mm-hmm. so there's all these parallels happening mm-hmm. all at the same time that's yeah. why i'm saying like you can love rick and morty for the writing mm-hmm. the action and the complete ridiculousness of it like to me it is the most well-rounded adult animated show right now that i think i've ever seen yeah. I mean, ever. It's a bold statement, but it's pretty damn true. Yeah. It, I definitely hold it in a very like Simpsons high Simpsons has comedy. Like, yeah. South Park has its ridiculousness with its kind of political commentary. Mm-hmm. But, like, Rick and Morty is, like, everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just everything together. And so that's why I find it so interesting. And the fact that they can pull that off with these ideas, which are, frankly, on paper sound stupid is a big accomplishment. And that, you know, that's what they even say, like, in the, the previews and the commercials for Rick and Morty, they say only a show this smart could be this stupid. Yes. <laughs> like, that's just great. And, and it really does follow that to a T. Um, but, yeah, it's true. Like, Pickle Rick throughout that whole episode basically just has, like, a big action episode with the family having to go through therapy. And this seems really important because, again, the kids themselves legitimately do want to get help and want to talk about their problems, but it's completely overshadowed by all the things that Rick does and Beth, who throughout the episode realizes that she is enabling her father, but by the end she completely ignores it, just like Rick. So really both of them are the ones that are causing the most trouble, and I think that's really going to come to a head by the end of this season. Especially just those deadpan expressions from uh, Summer and Morty at the end of the episode where they're just sitting in the back of the car and being completely ignored. Just, man, that is so funny and so depressing and so real. 
I really love that. Yeah, that was real. Like how they're just not gonna. They're like letting you know we're not gonna. This therapy thing's done. Yeah. That Susan Sarandon character yeah. is gone. Watching Pickle Rick walk into that therapy office like as a pickle, in huffing the rat suit? and puffing, just jumping up on the couch, and then and then the therapist calmly saying, "So you must be Rick." Just yeah. Like that. The surreality of that is just fucking hilarious. It's. Definitely turning this season into one of my favorites thus far. And, of course, make sure if you are watching the series, uh, this is just like the Marvel films. Watch all the way through the end of the credits. You're going to get a post credit scene. And the one at the end of this one was great with them. I don't know how it happened. It, it, I almost thought this was going to be a scenario for an episode from the previews. Rick and Morty get <coughs> captured by some sort of weird Batman-esque villain who goes by the name of Concerto who tries to kill them with this, like, giant piano. Whenever the keys come down, they're supposed to, like, smash their head. And he ends up getting saved by uh, Jaguar, who returns, and then just does this amazingly badass escape. Uh, so maybe we'll see more Jaguar in the future. Jaguar is now a real character, if you ask me. Yeah. The concerto's dead. Thank yeah. God. That guy's gone. I was, <laughs> was not, barely even in the episode. I was not into that at all. He's, I was glad that concerto they... Concerto is the type of character who would have totally appeared in the episode with all of the miscellaneous side characters. That or a Batman villain. Yeah, like, like I a, said, like, yeah, he came across as like a 1960s Batman villain. Yeah. And, yeah, just with know. really violent motives. Exactly. <laughs> like, you can see all of the people that he killed on the piano already, like their crushed skulls and stuff. Like, the show has definitely, I think, amped up the violence, too, uh, oh. in the last season. Like well, the that's the thing. I mean, the show had to keep it up. It had to up the ante every season. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the, the anticipation of this season was so intense. I was like... Like I said in the beginning of this episode, they had to just up the violence and then they could have been good mm -hmm. or the ridiculousness and they could have been good or the writing and they would have been good. But instead, they did all of it, mm -hmm. you know, so like the season's just blowing you away. You know how many articles I've seen written showing the deeper meaning to the Pickle Rick episode? Like thousands of articles. Yeah, people There's are like, still talking. We're still talking about it. Yeah, that's it's only I'm, a couple days old. Yeah. So I find that whole thing like crazy that they even uh that they that this they actually pulled it off. Yeah. And you know they're laughing about it too. Oh, like yeah. Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon, they're just like, "Oh my god, we just made an episode about a dude transforming himself into a pickle and people are writing about it." They love it. Like that's great right there, man. That has got to make them feel so fantastic and they're doing a great job with this season. There aren't too many shows that I would stay up for late on a Sunday for at 11:30. Although I know that's not a problem for you as you're a fan of another big series that just started up its next big season and I think you know what I'm talking about. The new season of Barbie Adventures? Barbie Adventures. No, Game of Thrones, Game people! Of, you know, I'm not even a big Game of Thrones fan, but I'll admit, that scene you guys showed me a couple days ago was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was, because the new season is nothing but action. Every episode gets an action scene, practically, really? or at least is like uh, a big... Like, it's a setup for the next episode. Mm -hmm. It's not like... Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but the they only got two seasons left, including the one we're in now. So technically, mm -hmm. one season yet that has yet to air, and that means they've got to pack a lot of things in there because you have at least eight major characters left mm -hmm. and three major factions, two of which are sort of working together: Daenerys mm -hmm. and uh, Jon Snow. Now, you know, and you, if even if you die, if you dissect the trailer for the season. There's a lot left to have happen, like mm -hmm. a lot of battles that need to happen. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see someone major die by the end of the season. And the new season to me is just, I don't know. Again, it's amazing. I really like TV more than movies, and I never thought I'd say that. But is Game of Thrones a TV show? 
I don't think it's a traditional TV show. It's not. The fact that it's on HBO definitely makes it a little better than your typical TV show. But And, and it's an hour every episode, so is it technically yeah. a... How many episodes are there? Like 100 now? Is it a 100-part movie series? Maybe. You know? Yeah. Like, how would you define that show? You know? you and, know? It's un, and the fact that it's on HBO, too, gives it a... You know, it's unbridled. It doesn't have to be restricted by censorship. It can do what it wants, when it wants, and how it wants. And you know the other thing? Uh, I think uh, my fiance and I were out doing something Sunday. We were like running some errands or doing some yard work mm-hmm. or, or finishing up some stuff around the house. And we showed up late. But I was like, it doesn't matter because we have HBO Go and mm-hmm. we can start this episode whenever we want. It was great. I love streaming services now. Yeah, We have Hulu, HBO Go, and Netflix and the, a great YouTube app on our smart TV, and mm. we have no cable, and I don't miss it at all. You know, if if maybe two years ago you would have said, um, I like TV more than movies now, I probably would have disagreed with you. Although now I'd have to say it's, I think it's finally caught up. Yeah. You know, especially after seeing that that, that big battle scene and the dragon scene from uh, the most recent episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, the like, battle. The special uh, effects and the battles and everything that you see on that is just as good as anything you see in a Hollywood film. Unless it's uh, a Justice League trailer and then the CG sucks. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll, we'll save that for later. Oh, uh, um, but, but but yeah. Going so back to Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. The the latest battle scene was I forget what they call it. Like the the um, let's just say they're they they ambush the supply train. Yeah. That's kind of what that that's mm-hmm. that was. And it's the first time out of as many seasons as we've had where the dragons actually really get involved and are the heavy elements. Yes, we've seen the dragons uh, fight to f- free Slavers Bay, mm-hmm. but it was more like. There they are in the background shooting some ships with fire, but this is like... Were there multiple dragons or just one big three. dragon? There are three. There's three dragons. Okay, so there's... But, but are, are they, do they all have a rider or is only Daenerys riding the... She's uh, only ridden one. She accidentally sort of started riding the dragons because mm-hmm. like the dragon came in to save her when she was getting attacked once and she got on its back to get away. Okay. And then I guess she developed that skill to ride the dragons, mm-hmm. but the other two don't have riders yet, okay. which a lot of people are guessing it's going to be Jon Snow since he's half Targaryen and the other person is going to be Tyrion who's actually Targaryen and didn't know it. Hell yeah, give that dude a dragon. Give that dude a dragon because he's had uh, one very memorable moment in the series where he freed the dragons because Daenerys was very scared because her main dragon, the red one, ended up frying a little girl in a sheep because it wanted to eat the sheep but it just like blasted the sheep with fire and killed this little girl. Jesus Christ. And then... uh, it didn't really understand what it was doing. Okay. It was also kind of young and untrained at that point. Okay. But it's still a while. Train your end. dragons, people. Train your dragons. You know, she forgot to go to dragon training school. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, there's uh, a scene where Tanir, uh target uh, all these fucking names. The Lannister guy. The, the, Lannister, the Lannister dude. The short Lannister dude freed her other two dragons. Let's call it the green one and the blue one, because I sure as hell don't remember their names. <laughs> and uh, they have, like, really distinctive dragons. Yeah, they have names. Targaryen names. Like, uh, I'm going to Google these. Like, Korgoth. Yeah, stupid-ass <laughs> dragon names. I love just, this show, but I don't learn the I, names, I'm guys. I'm pulling this shit out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, just, I, just Google dragons' names in uh, Game of Thrones. I'm okay. sure it'll come right up, and I'll feel stupid that I don't remember it. Dragons' names. Um. So, yeah, and then he freed the dragons, but he was able to walk up to the dragons without them killing him. Because a lot of people don't go near the dragons. Like, mm-hmm. Daenerys is, like, the only person that goes near the dragons. And uh, he freed them from their shackles and then let them fly free again. And so he at least has a bond 
with the dragon. So we're kind of imagining that he's going to be one of the riders. Okay. So what is their names? Okay, so uh, forgive me because I might not be able to pronounce these things correctly. Um, so these are the three dragons which belong to Daenerys Targaryen. And there is Drogon, Drogon that's who I hers. believe is the one that she rides on. Yeah, and that's named after one. her uh, late husband, Khal Drago. And then we have Rhaegal, named after Rhaegar Targaryen. And then we have Viserion. And these are people that are all named after like her old family members. Yeah, I think that's like her brother, not maybe not her brother, but like her great grandfather, who was like the pretty yeah. much the way the Targaryens came in is they were just some random race of people, white haired people that showed up with dragons and literally dominated the eight kingdoms like out of nowhere. And they ruled the eight kingdoms or the uh, seven kingdoms, I forget, for like a couple hundred years. So and then they slowly inbred to death and didn't really take care of the dragons and the dragons became weak. Like each generation, they would just show up smaller and smaller until they were like mm-hmm. the size of a bird, you know, like they weren't very big anymore. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else ended up kicking out the um, the Targaryens. Really, the Targaryens are not great people just because she wants to be the ruler again. There's not a great history of them bringing great peace to the nations. Mm-hmm. They're just the most badass and the best at killing people with their big lizards, you know? <laughs> like, there's not much to be proud of there, you know? I mean, they're, they're pretty fucking destructive, though. Yeah. Oh, is this the sheep <laughs> yeah, one? I just, yeah, I'm sorry. I know this is fucked up, but I just, I, I had to look I haven't up seen this scene. scene in so long. I All forgot right, so this about is, it. <laughs> if you want to look it up yourself, it's Game of Thrones, Dragon Drogon roasts a sheep. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... I'm, 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 are the dragons pretty big during this scene? I think they're small enough to kill... They're big enough to kill a person, but they're not, like, big... You know? Oh shit! I think that thing looks pretty big to me. Yeah. I mean, it's not like as big as it was in the uh, most recent episode we saw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's definitely Drogon. It has that distinctive look to it, which to me reminds me of a Hungarian horntail from Harry Potter. Damn, that sheep just got fucked up. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much that's what happens, and I can't remember exactly if the daughter got killed. I think so. Um, but uh, yeah, see, there's the other thing. Uh, season four, episode ten, mm-hmm. where Denise. De- the chains of her dragons. She chains up her dragons. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point is that uh, I think we're going to see two other dragon riders. Yeah. If not this season, I think it'll probably be next season. Mm. And also, there is a hint to a ice dragon because the uh, the dead army that the Ice King or what's the fuck that guy's name? I can't remember. Are these are these the White Walkers? The White Walkers King. So they have their very own ice dragon. They hinted at it, but they do have their own zombie giants. So they're going to have zombie giants. Because I thought all the giants were dead after the one that helped Jon Snow got killed. Yeah. But I would love to see, like, wouldn't that be cool to see, like, the White Walker King on top of a giant fucking ice dragon fighting against Daenerys with Drogon? Yeah, that's like, probably that would, it, what's going to happen. It's the Battle of Fire and Ice. It would be pretty damn epic. Well, the Fire and Ice is probably, Ice is Jon Snow and Fire is Daenerys. Daenerys. Okay. They're not actually like she's or not. Or maybe he takes control of an ice dragon. Yeah. Know. Who knows? They, they also, also Jon Snow is definitely still a Stark, even though he may be half Targaryen. Mm-hmm. He is raised a Stark. Mm-hmm. His mother was a Stark. He's he's very much happy being a. Stark. Are all the Starks dead? No, there's a lot left. Okay. But not not no no old ones. Okay. You know. Just a bunch of youngins. Just a bunch of youngins. And okay. now one of them is the three-eyed raven, which is pretty much a guy who can see the future, the past, the present. And he can see all events that are going to happen. He's pretty much like, what would you even say that? I don't know what kind of character that is. It's kind of like the 
the guy in the Matrix that can see everything, but that's such a shitty comparison. Who is that character? You know, the guy in the room with all the TVs. Oh, fuck that guy. I know. That's not a good example at Ugh. all. The, the most confusing and pretentious part of all the Matrix movies? Yes, yeah, that, that guy. guy. But guy. he can pretty much see... I think Will Ferrell played him once in a parody. He can see everything that's happening at any point, and he can also take over animals. So he can, like, uh, he can, like... So this guy's a fucking, like, mage or a magician. Yeah, yeah, like, shit. he has major magic powers that he hasn't even ha- learned how to do mm-hmm. because he is uh, trying to figure out how to control them. So he's still developing his powers. Mm-hmm. But he could also take over... Um, animals so one of the other theories is that he may take over one of the dragons to help fight the white walkers Mm. and he may be one of the riders but in a different way you know so there's so many cool things going on in game of thrones the writing's on point the acting is super fucking good on that show yeah it's great and the action is great Mm -hmm. fucking great i mean there's a reason why people get hyped about it i mean i still have only dedicatedly watched the first season well i'm i mean i'm still six seasons behind at this point uh, but I've definitely seen a lot of the major scenes from the series, but I just don't know a lot of the context behind them. I just look at them and I'm just like, oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Mostly all the big battle scenes, like the Battle of the Bastards. That was great. Or uh, like the most recent scene with the dragon. And I always bring up this fight just because I think it's fucking awesome, the mountain fight. The mountain fight. Just I love that fight. It's so good. And I don't even know what's going on, like why it's so shock. I mean, it is shocking because of the violence, but like... The context behind it, like, I know something crazy is going down there. I just don't know why. Yeah, there's a lot of subtext to that. You know, like, it was called, it was like a trial by combat, so. It's like, would it have been good if that guy actually beat the mountain? Yes, because, well, good in a way, but not really. Because that's the thing. Every time I talk to people about this show, it's like, you're not quite sure who to root for. Yeah. Because everybody, you know, everybody has their own motivations and reasons for getting into these battles. And I guess that's like no one likes the Lannisters, but no one wanted to see Jamie die because he's like the only good Lannister, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like, oh shit, Jamie might get fried by a was dragon. Was he that right one now. guy in the most recent episode? <coughs> yes. Yeah. He was, uh, there, there were those two guys. There's the one who was, uh, firing the big fucking <coughs> arrow at the dragon at the end. That's not Jamie. That's not Jamie. But he's the guy who's with Jamie through the beginning of the episode. Yes. Of that, of that scene, at least. Yes. Okay. That is correct. See, like, I don't even know who the fuck Jamie Lannister is. I just know that I hear people mention his name all the... I, whenever I hear people talk about characters from Game of Thrones, they always mention three characters in particular. It's usually Jon Snow, Jamie Lannister, and Daenerys. Yes. Well, those are some of the biggest characters, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, yeah. absolutely. I was disappointed because I was talking with our friend Jordan yesterday, and I was asking, I was like, because I'm a big fan of Star Wars, and I yeah. was like, so what does Gwendolyn Christie do in the show? And he's like, not really much at all. She's a bodyguard, and that's about it. Oh wait, uh, the the what's her name in the show? Look, look Google her. Act. Let me look that up. Um, yeah. She has like a very distinctive armor in the show too. Like, uh, she she comes across as a little, I guess tomboyish is the way. Uh, to describe it, and man, she has a really hard name to spell, Gwendoline. Oh. oh, she does a lot. She's way more than a bodyguard. Okay. She's like one of, okay, in Game of Thrones, there, it may be back in the day of knights and medieval times, but mm-hmm. she is like one of two or three characters that actually has honor, you know, and like does what she says she's going to do. The mm-hmm. other was Ned Stark, which that didn't work out well. Mm-hmm. No, no, didn't he get decapitated? In the first, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. So the, the <laughs> point is, um, like, she's a very different character because she really does what she says she's going to do. She looks like she'd whip my ass. Yeah, I mean, she beats the hound. <laughs> you should see the battle between her and the hound. You should uh, type that in because that is an epic fight. Okay. Um, um, what is that? Thrones, the hound. Hound. That's literally what it's called is just the hound. That fight. 
Oh, that uh, this is just another title for a character. It's not like an actual dog no, or some shit. No, it's the guy called the Hound because um, that's see, his. Uh, uh, Brienne of Toth versus the Hound. Yeah, Holy like shit. this is one of the coolest fights. Also, it's just a one-on-one battle, but uh, they uh, it looks really cool. Hell yeah! I want to see more of Captain Phasma in action. Oh, she's really cool. So the Hound was uh, guarding her. Mm-hmm. This little girl. Yeah, and this is the Hound right here. Yeah, this, this fucking and, gnarly looking dude. Okay. So, again, like, Brienne of Tarth is uh, about to um, try to get this this girl because she's one of the last Starks. Oh, this guy looks like he's been fucked up by Dragonfire. No, he uh, got his brother grabbed his face whenever he was a kid, when they were both kids. His brother's the Mountain. Oh, this guy's related to that guy. Yeah, he's okay. the younger brother of the Mountain. Probably and not a nice guy, then. No, horrible. Pro- Actually, he is a good dude. He's mm. been, because he, he's surrounded by so many assholes, he seems good compared to them. Mm-hmm. And also, he has a... Uh, his own character arc. There are so many characters and they all have arcs <laughs> and the hound has gone through a lot of change. The season finale is probably going to be the, uh, the hound joining Jon Snow in the fight against the white walkers. Oh, so you just gave away the fact that this guy's going to survive this battle. Oh, this See, fight. I was, I was originally thinking that Gwendolyn Christie was going to end up like just completely like wiping the floor with this guy. Oh, she apparently. does. You'll see. Oh, she does. Oh, okay. she wipes the floor with him. All right. And it's uh, it's pretty intense. This is actually a great fight. I highly recommend watching it when we actually could have sound on it because it's great. But uh, <laughs> it's also interesting that, uh, you know, because the show makes it very clear that women aren't as strong as men. You know, mm-hmm. the show makes women look weak because that's the way they were, they were put down. And Brienne of Tarth is always fighting that stereotype, you know, like. Mm-hmm. She's like so powerful that uh, there was a few times where there was one time where she got captured and they like like straight up like about to rape her. And it was sad because she was ne- she's not a woman, you know, yeah. so you don't look at her as a lady. So it was sad that they were going to do something that was so disrespectful to her, mm-hmm. you know. Um, was she and, able to escape from that? No, Jamie Lannister ended up saving her and they ended up getting a in a relationship, not a sexual one, but like a friendship, you know, and okay. there's so much to explain, Corey. Yeah. Every character has their own arc. <laughs> they all interact with the major characters mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty intense, you know, Man, this guy's a bad motherfucker. Just oh, the hound. Onto the sword. That's why it was so intense, because the hound was always like the baddest motherfucker, you know, yeah. and then so uh, it was intense whenever uh we actually had Bran of Tarth beat him in a one-on-one fight. It showed you how strong she was, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. This battle's, like, intense as shit. I know. Like, it's, it's so good. Like, I highly he, recommend He does not give a shit that he is fighting a woman. No. Like, he is just going all in, but so is she, man. Yeah. Oh, shit. She Mike Tyson's him. Yeah. Did she just bite his ear off? Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck. Holy shit. It's, it's, I want to see Captain Phasma do that in The Last Jedi. I know. That's why I was so expecting a lot from her in The Last Star Wars. And then yeah. she didn't really do much except get thrown down a garbage chute. Gosh, she better do something fucking awesome in Last Jedi, man. That's no, all I got to say. I mean, they could have at least had her on the battlefield shooting some rebels or something. Yeah. And I mean, she gave even... she barked a few orders at the beginning and then, like you said, got thrown into the trash. But yeah, and that was it. Man, she's just going Rocky oh. Balboa <laughs> on this dude right now. Oh. And yet he survives this fall and doesn't break his neck and... Comes back, I guess, for more without a freaking ear and half his face practically ripped off. Yep. Man, this dude's pretty fucking hardcore. This makes me just want to start, like, marathoning. Oh, the problem with Game of Thrones is they're each an hour. Marath- I know, this thing, it's a tough show to marathon. You could honestly... I mean, who are we kidding, though? People fucking watch whole seasons of stuff on Netflix when it's released. I'm gonna watch the whole season of The Defenders probably in, like, three days. When does The Defenders start? Like, you gotta Google that, but it's, like, within ten days. It's that soon? Yeah. 
get out of here. Let me see this shit. August 18th. Holy shit. Yeah. See, I didn't think the Defenders was going to be Eric until like the end of the year. No, it's it's now. <sighs> Think, there's so much stuff, man. It comes out all the time. Damn it. God dang it. I know. Man. Okay, well, I guess I have to start watching that one. Yeah. I might even need to review that show. You should be reviewing Rick and Morty. I should be reviewing Rick and Morty. I know I mean, it comes out super late on a Sunday, so you got to do it. It does come out late on a Sunday, and I by that time, by midnight, I'm already bushed. You got to just do it And Monday. I'm like, oh, I got work at fucking 9 in the morning. I, I can't. That's right. Do this shit. <laughs> I can't do this shit. Blocky. Um, but Defenders will be easier to review, at least, because I can watch it on my own pace. But, wow, I really didn't think it was going to be happening that soon. Uh, and especially that soon after the end of uh, Iron Fist. They obviously were filming them both at the same time. Yeah, it, it seems like they were. That the thing is, to... though, I'm going to be honest with you. I never finished Iron Fist. You didn't miss much. And I, I hope that's not going to have a negative effect on me watching the Defenders. Well, guess what happens? He defeats the dude, and it all <laughs> he goes. He defeats the dude, and that's the end of it all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, but man, they've been really working. You know, I'm. Let me see. So it's it's Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Elektra are going to be like the main stars. And supposedly Sigourney Weaver is going to have a role in this. The Punisher is the ultimate be bad back. guy. She's the big bad guy. She probably runs the hand in New York. Okay. I'm assuming. Yeah, and then the Punisher is coming in, too. Oh, he's going to show up? Yeah, it says right here uh, he's going to be a guest star, so he's not going to be a part of the main cast, but he's at least going to make an appearance. Um, and then there's the fucking uh, the, the, the Punisher show, which I think it starts... Punisher show! I think it starts this year? Yeah. Um, let me go ahead and check. Um, the premiere date has... It's scheduled to be released this year, but there isn't like an official date. So we're going to get The Punisher and The Defenders all on Netflix. And even with those shows, and I'm a huge fucking Marvel fan, especially at this point, I'm still more looking forward to Stranger Things Season 2. I mean, that trailer was so damn good. The trailer was perfect. How do you, like, not love that trailer? It was so good from beginning to end. It totally captured the feeling of the 80s yet again. Um, And I'm glad that uh, they didn't wait too long to start filming uh, after the first season. Because these kids are going to start getting older real fast. You know, that's just, I don't, I, want mean, to, I don't want this to turn into the Harry Potter situation where by the end of the franchise, they all look like they're in their fucking mid twenties. But, uh, still, we didn't have to wait too long for this season though. Now that I think about it, I mean, no. they, they got on this one fast. Well, they realized how big it was and Netflix is like, here's a bunch of money. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Like start, they probably did a press round, gave everyone a month off and then went right back at it. Yeah. I don't know how they wrote the show that fast. I don't know how they did. Hard. Unless they had some sort of elaborate plan for this from the beginning. Oh, uh, like a master plan was already there? Yeah. I mean, they left the, the first season at a cliffhanger to make it seem like there could be more, so they probably had some things planned. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the season could have just ended there and been all mysterious and creepy and been a really cool miniseries. But, man, I can't wait to see this one. It just, everything's going to be good about it. And uh, it's very mysterious. Like, they're not really giving anything away about what the season's going to be about. My favorite thing about it is that it takes place mostly on Halloween, which is perfect. And it's also releasing uh, October 27th, which is just a couple of days before Halloween. So this is going to be the perfect show for people to sort of watch and marathon as they're leading up to that holiday. It's going to be tough for me to not want to watch every episode at once. But my plan is to kind of watch them leading up to the night of Halloween. Although I know, I know that you've also said that you guys want to have like a Stranger Things party. Yeah, we want to put like Christmas lights up on the thing and have like the upside down world room, and we want to do a whole bunch of fun That'd stuff. That'd be awesome. 
I don't know when we'd have the time to do that, but whatever. I mean, it's on a Friday. Yeah. Is when it premieres. Netflix is so smart by making their shows premiere on a Friday. Uh, it definitely allows people to have these big gatherings and everything. But man, I can't wait for that. The trailer is perfect, of course, because there was fucking Michael Jackson's Thriller in it too, which I thought was a really great choice. There's music. a whole crazy story on that. Did you know that? No. Like, uh, they had to, the you can Google it. Like the producers almost couldn't get the rights to that song. Oh, they had to fight tooth and nail, I bet. Yeah, because it's, one is expensive, and who the hell do you even talk to to get the rights to that song? I'm guessing the the Jacksons. <laughs> The Jacksons. I'm, I'm assuming they have all rights and ownership to uh, the music and everything. And I mean, you can only even even after Michael Jackson is dead, that music is going to be expensive. Forever. Just like, just like, uh, what was I going to say? Fuck the um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. What were we talking about? Stranger Things. Michael Jackson. Um. Oh, now I know. You know, like Elvis's music library still generates like five million dollars a year really yeah so i'm sure yeah. michael jackson's music library is generating oh money. you can only imagine yeah like yeah. you'd want to includes everything like that's just shit you buy like online or the stuff that you hear in movies and tv commercials yeah i mean that shit's racking up i mean it makes sense though i mean thriller was the largest selling album of all time arguably his most famous song and a really great choice for the second season of Stranger Things. I also love that the kids are all dressed up as the Ghostbusters for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Just they, they really are taking their whole 80s aesthetic and truly running with it in the best way possible. Some people say it's pandering, and some people say we're way too nostalgic about the 80s. I say, fuck off. Let's just enjoy this awesome show, uh, which looks like it's going to get a new lease on life, and it's also got clearly a much bigger budget. Yes. Yeah. Much bigger budget. Mm-hmm. But I'm cool with that. Yeah. I think they should probably wrap it up after this this one, though. Like, this should be the last season? Or one more, and that's it. I think maybe one more, because I, can I, I can't see how far this show could actually go unless they decide to take it into some really crazy direction. The thing is, though, I mean, like... I mean, they would have to go crazy with it. Because right now, it all takes place within a small town. They would have to venture out to other places in order to make this even more crazy. I mean, like, who's to know how far the upside down actually extends to does it only encapsulate this town or can it actually bleed into other areas that's true does is it a dimension that exists all over the world or just in this area because of that weird creepy place where they've done all the experiments that's true it's just it's crazy that's another one of those shows like when it starts man i can't wait to start talking about it just because it's gonna be insane oh it's gonna be good it's gonna be good we you know we, we didn't even talk about the 50 million other trailers which were released over Comic-Con. What about, uh, um, let me name a few. We got Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, I'm pumped about that. Inhumans. I am not pumped about that. Inhumans uh, looks terrible. The new season of The Walking Dead. I didn't like that trailer. No? I want. I swear to you God. You didn't like seeing old Grizzled Rick? I swear to God, if this season of All Out War isn't good, I'm dropping The Walking Dead. Whoa. Because I was over it the last season. I was like, I'm... You hear I'm, that, AMC? I'm dragging through it. They also had record drop in ratings last season. Really? Yeah, no one really liked Negan. Yeah. That, I, I thought that would be the exact opposite. I thought he was going to add a lot of... Well, rap. the problem is they gave him too much plot armor. You know, like... Literally, a group will ambush another group and they'll all start shooting at each other and, like, no one dies. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is happening it's not hard to kill each other with automatic weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, like, a lot of people should be dying. I know that a lot of people were very, very turned off how at the beginning of the season a lot of main characters just got killed out of nowhere. Uh, That's Walking Dead, though. Get over that you shit. You know, that's just the way it is. And, I yeah. mean, that's apparently how it happened in the comics, too. So 
Yeah. You know, it, it was just an inevitability at that point. But, I mean, I don't know. I thought Negan was just like, I thought he was the saving grace of The Walking Dead. I thought he was going to be good, too. I mean, he's supposed to be Rick's, uh, you know, opposing opposite of he's the anti-Rick. show. He's anti-Rick. He's anti-Rick, yeah. And, uh, or he's like Rick's dark side, because Rick does yeah. just want to kill people when they get in his way now. Bizarro Rick. Yeah. And uh, so it's sort of like, it would have been nice. And also, they both have armies. They're not just like dudes with 10 people. You know, yeah. they're like big armies. It's Mad Max with zombies. Exactly. So I swear to God, if they don't make this next season good, we'll see. But again, I see a lot of people drama, not much war, mm-hmm. and not as many zombies as I like. You know, so we'll I see. I mean, do you that. still read the comics? Yes. I okay. actually read the newest episode today. Okay, so the comics are still probably better than the show, though? Hell yeah. They move fast. Yeah. And also, you can read them so much faster. You can pump through the concept of the show so Mm -hmm. quick. But also, once uh, the time skip happens and other things, if you're not reading everything, you'll miss characters that don't exist in the show. Mm -hmm. Like, you won't take in all the information. So you really have to read the comics slowly. Yeah. In that sense. What else is new? Pacific Rim Uprising. Pacific Rim Uprising with John Boyega, who's going to be playing the son of Idris Elvis' character from the original film. I'm That's down. pretty awesome. I'm down. I mean, it's Pacific Rim. I want more giant robots beating the fuck out of shit. I'm expecting some really deep writing. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm expecting <laughs> robots fighting monsters. It's going to be great. Exactly. And then uh, new season of Preacher, new season of Vikings. Both those things are good, but I don't have time to watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Lego movie, Lego Ninjogo movie. Don't even give a fuck about that. Let's let's talk about what matters. <laughs> Fucking Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Looks good. Looks awesome. Don't know jack shit about it aside from the fact that it takes place in a computer world where all things pop culture exist but it's awesome that sounds like your dream world Gordon. it does it's great i can't wait for that. I mean, it had the fucking delorean from back to the F- they had me sold there and the iron giant and the iron giant and Which, freddy krueger yes and the fucking weird ostrich things from the video game joust yes <laughs> so many weird things there was fucking uh what was his name there was uh, not deadpool uh, Deathstroke and fucking Harley Quinn are in there. Yes. Like, there's, there's well, so... Well, they're not going to do anything. Probably they're probably not. just going to stand around. A lot of those background. characters, especially the ones that cost a lot, are probably not going to do much of anything. But they'll be there. You know what this really is? This is like the sci-fi, sword art online version of Imagination Land from South Park. Oh, my gosh. Just a, a, a composite of absolute everything. But it, I think it's going to be a really fun movie. And uh, I like the concept behind it. I love the music choices they went with with Rush in the trailer. I love that big racing sequence. The Akira bike is in the trailer. Is it? It is. Did you not see the Akira bike? Maybe I just missed it. Holy shit, man. I'm sorry. I I have to show you this before we wrap up today. Um, That was like... At first, I didn't think it was the Akira bike because the person riding on it um, is not actually... Kaneda from the Akira film, but it is definitely the bike, at least. So, here, let me bring this up real quick. Here we are, Ready Player One. Alright, we're getting ready to go through the rush sequence. And here we go, right here. Oh, Akira bike! Uh, and just like get... everything else, you just notice it as long as you play the film at one frame per second. Oh, no, you'll see it again. There it is again. Oh, gosh. Boom, Akira bike, followed by the... There is a movie that has the DeLorean from Back to the Future and Akira in it at the same time. That is fucking awesome. I've heard. 
by the way, the, the book is really good. That this That's is what I've heard on, too. You know, so that doesn't always mean anything. No, I'll be doesn't. honest. Books don't always translate well to films. Sometimes they, they, they are better. I think Jurassic Park as a movie is better than the book. You know, but that's a discussion for another day. I wish they had the scene in the book in the movies where the Tyrannosaurus Rex like reaches in and ends up licking a guy before he ends up chomping on him. Do you remember in the book the Tyrannosaurus Rex like puts his face in mm-hmm. and licks a guy trying to reach him? You know, mm-hmm. like it's trying to figure out if there's someone in there. Yeah. And I thought that would have always been a really creepy scene. Now to be fair, they did that in the second. The one. scene was recreated in the Lost World. That's why I'm thinking of that. Yeah. Okay. This, the context work. behind it was a little different, but it was the T-Rex's head barely being able to fit in, yeah. licking with its big tongue, and then it grabs onto a dude and just chomps down on top of him. It is true. Okay. Yeah. I'm right. Yeah. And wrong at the same time. <laughs> no, they, they, they've definitely recreated gonna, a lot of classics. Going to keep this books. going. We got Westworld. Damn. I can't believe they're already done with that shit. They finished already? No, but I'm saying like they already got trailers and oh they're like, God. you know, like Westworld, the new season of Westworld. It's you impossible f- to keep up with this shit. And then Thor Ragnarok. Great trailer again. And then the TV show Arrow. I don't care about it. I don't give a shit about it. I'm sorry. Doctor Who Christmas special. Don't care. I have Um, friends who will like that. Not me so much. Oh, who's this guy? My friend Dahmer. Is that like based off the serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah, yeah. It's It's a Jeffrey Dahmer biography movie as far as I know. Don't care. Yeah. The only horror film I'm looking forward to is It. That looks good. Which comes out on September 8th. And I am pumped for it. I'm not scared by clowns, but I've seen other people who are Mm -hmm. scared by clowns watch that trailer and Mm -hmm. they are terrified of it. Yeah. That movie's going to fuck with people's heads a lot. I'm, I, you know, as a kid, I thought clowns were scary as an adult. I I can, I can look the other way and realize that they're not really scary, but, uh, this is something that I'm really looking forward to because I have actually read the novel before and it reminds me of stranger things, or I really should say that stranger things reminds me of it. Um, and that makes sense because Stephen King has written a lot of stories that are very similar to this. I mean, you've seen the movie Stand By Me, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a Stephen King story. You guys, are, you guys want to see a dead body? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, but that's definitely the vibe I got from all the It trailers and everything. Especially the most recent one. And, man, it just looks horrifying and really scary. And uh, they are making some big changes. Like, it's now going to be set in the 80s, but... That's just sort of the trend right now. Everybody's in love with nostalgia, especially things from the 1980s. I mean, you're really into the 80s. Yeah, big time. So I'm totally okay with them setting it during that time period. Um, We'll see. mm -hmm. We'll see. And if it's successful enough, it might get a sequel, and it should, because while this is an adaptation of the novel, it's only an adaptation, I believe, of the first half of the novel. Because that book is fucking huge. It's over a thousand pages. Really? It is ridiculous. I highly recommend it, too, if you want a really good scary story. It's it's great. But, of course, it was also written during Stephen King's Coke years, so it's also pretty fucking out there. <laughs> Coke, man. Coke makes people do crazy shit. Yes, it does. And it but makes it's not Stephen always King good. write some crazy shit, too. It's not always good. It's just, you know, people just... It, the burst of crazy energy. You ever want to see a movie that's all about Coke, but not about Coke? Um showgirls that one with the uh saved by the bell girl oh shit that is a movie where the director and the lead actress and everyone is just doing piles of fucking coke and you can tell when you watch that movie back because it's just all that coke energy is in that movie <laughs> 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 is it showgirls what is that movie called i think it is. is it the movie about the the strippers yeah i you know i've never seen showgirls i think it's showgirls Let, let's google that, I'm gonna google <laughs> we, that. we gotta google this shit 
I, I I just want to type this in because I just think it would be Showgirls funny. movie. Yeah, that was it. Fueled by Coke. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to see. Ah, uh, there's nothing there, but still, you gotta say Showgirls the movie. When you say Showgirl, and you said the the girl from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Hello. Let's see. That is an interesting poster. Um, Elizabeth Berkeley. Holy shit. Well, it doesn't look good anymore, but that was back in the day. I mean, she's an early 90s, mid-90s girl. I mean, it's 2017 Oh, my now. God. I didn't realize this. Showgirls was directed by Paul Verhoeven. A lot of coke. Oh, my God. He, he Dude, fucking Robocop. I know, but... Fucking Total Recall. That's Starship Troopers. It does not feel like that. It doesn't feel like a Verhoeven no, movie? No. It makes me want to check it out, though, because I really Watch love Watch the trailer work. right now. Just with no, no, just... I'd rather not. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I know about Showgirls. It's just I've never sat down and actually watched That them. movie is, you can tell, there's a lot of coke going around on that. Showgirls on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to check this shit out. Uh, I have so much shit on my backlog, and that's not even counting the piles of fucking anime to watch. It's just I know. ridiculous. Uh, and then last thing I am going to comment on um, before we wrap up this episode is Justice League trailer. Didn't like it. I want it to be good, but it's... I, I mean, and, and I can be called a hypocrite for not liking it because I like a lot of other trailers that feature a lot of CG and everything in it. When you were but critical... The CG, but the CG in Justice League looks like shit. I mean, the raw hate that came at you when you left a mean comment on that trailer. Mm. Only by, like, one or two dudes. Most people were nice. Yeah, it was actually, I think, one person. Oh, it was just one dude? Yeah. But, like, just... he just went for it. He was, like calling you fat and just going for the lowest common denominator. He was just digging in on you. And I was like, wow, this guy has some real venom in his veins trying to get at Corey on mm. this one. You know, I just, cause some people are just DC fans and they won't accept that it won't be good. Mm -hmm. And the CG where the cyborgs and the Batman mech doesn't look that good. I mean, and I understand like I'm a hardcore fan of a lot of this stuff too. And I want it to be really great and amazing, but like, Man, I don't know what it was about that trailer. I think the shot that did it for me was at the very end of the trailer where you see oh, I know what you're Aquaman talking about. I know exactly. flying out of the sky. And landing in that building and then jumping out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Why the fuck is Aquaman up in the sky doing all that shit? You know, I'm not a, I'm not like a super big expert on Aquaman or anything, and I'm not sure where his well, he's a super realm human. of power begins and ends, but like, what the fuck is he doing up in the air? No idea. Like, shouldn't he be in the ocean or some shit? I don't know. Well, he and does just, have powers outside of the ocean. He's a super strong person, you know? And, I mean, the CG looked like something from a fucking Spy Kids movie. It didn't look good. Like, just, ugh. Just, no. Bad monkey. It just looked like some dude just keyframed him growing as he jumped. You know? Like, you could see the keyframes. You know? It wasn't very... Yeah, that, that was another thing. Here, like, here's... <laughs> I just found this comment right here. And, the, and, and, you know, I wasn't even, like, really dissing the movie, I think, that bad. But my comment was, this video game cutscene looks pretty cool. And so, what you're trying to say, in a snarky way, is the CG doesn't look good. It looks like a video game. Yeah. It doesn't look real. You know, mm. that's what you're saying. It wasn't a horrible, it wasn't DC sucks dicks. No, I was just saying that it, it looks a little fake and just is all, you know, simple as that. Yeah. And the slow-mo bullets and the, it's that Zack Snyder bullshit. They just, they love that stuff. I will say Watchmen um, is still like one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. And Zack better Snyder. than some of this stuff. Yeah. 
But I mean, like the first the first comment is love your channel, and then the next comment is like, why you gotta be a dick? Sorry, bro, but that was uncalled for. I'm gonna have to unsub. <laughs> Whenever I hear someone say I'm gonna have to unsub, I don't even feel. It's bad. like they're trying to make you feel remorseful for doing something. I know, and it's it, like it, fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Other people will find our channel just fine. Mm-hmm. And then I love something. And, and then my reply is, uh, you know, like, peace out, dude. Take care. Yeah. And then he's uh, come. See you never, you fat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I sat there and me and Ben looked at that and we laughed about that for so long. I just find though <laughs> that that attack is so like I don't running out of things. So I'm lashing out. Yeah. It's just a lash out attack. You know? It's like There's, this is like what my big brother used to make fun of me for. Like this, this is not going to affect me I loved me your, uh, you know. Just, just like, stick to doing anime, fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, no promises. Stay fresh, pilgrim. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> My, 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 I've always had the same philosophy when it comes to trolls and stuff is just to kill them with extreme unabashed kindness. I love how you said you thank them for things yeah, and don't apologize for anything. I like that you, uh, used to tell me that that story of how your older brother would say, if I cut your arm, Corey, oh, the cheese would come yeah, out. It's like, like Corey, if I cut your arm off, there wouldn't be blood. It'd be fucking filled with Velveeta cheese. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucked up. It's a dick thing. But the point is, Corey's lived it his whole life yeah. from his older brother, so no internet troll. And also, we're pretty desensitized to the internet at this point. Yeah. You know, having a YouTube channel. we don't channel, even get trolls that much. It's like all. the pit on YouTube. Yeah. But I knew that if I, I did that comment, it was going to cause some amount of controversy. But, I mean, come on. Look at that scene. It looks like a fucking Spy Kids film. It's, it looks terrible. Yeah, it's like at 318. Like that trailer. shot where he jumps over the fence right there. I don't know what it is, but something about it is not right. It looks like... Is he wearing rollerblades? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just... What, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. That, and of course, you can tell they're definitely trying to inject a little bit of that, like, Marvel humor in, into the movies, like, with this little Guess scene what? with Flash. Guess what? The Flash ain't funny. No, he's not. awkward, and, but not in a cute way. Like, just cringy awkward. Yeah, there was never a moment where I, like... I was legitimate. Like I thought, it was legitimately funny. Thor Ragnarok, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. Like they did try to inject a little bit of humor into that trailer, and it works. I don't know why it works so well for Marvel. Like, look at this. This this is CG laden explosions all over the place. But why are we so able to easily accept it here? And the big guns they hold. I like the big guns, yeah. even though they're ridiculous. Like, look that, at all this. This is all is just CG Indra garbage. Out? But we're 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 way more accepting of it, and I can't figure that part out. Is that Guardian? Not Guardian, but the guy that, uh, oh, you know who that chick is? She was the chick in all white in Lord of the Rings. You know, the, mm. the, the Lady benevol- Galadriel. Yeah. Now she's playing like the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. She was like the benevolent, benevolent. Why can't I say that word? Benevolent. Benevolent. Yeah. Like goddess of good. And like, yeah. and now she's like literally death. Yeah. And I mean, even if the movie sucks, I mean, look, we get a scene with Hulk fighting against a giant fucking wolf. Just that alone is awesome. I love that shot. Team Edward. <laughs> <laughs> and that final shot of Thor. Oh, it looks great. It. He looks so badass in that final shot. I know. And, they're, and they're then definitely the 80s titles. Yeah they're, yeah, they're definitely channeling Guardians of the Galaxy right there. Yeah. And, you know, 80s are coming back, man. That style is just coming back. Yeah, 80s are coming back. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, right. whoa, whoa. oh, there's a Punisher reveal trailer for the Defenders. When did that come the out? The Defender. Uh, this this is either real or something. This was released on July. All right, let's check this shit out. How did I not know about that? I don't know if I didn't. Really well, know. I mean, I knew he was in it because you read that IMDb post earlier. Mm-hmm. Man, there's too much shit. 
on the internet, guys. Yeah. We cannot keep track it of it all. It is impossible. Oh. What we're going to have to start doing, and no promises to any of this shit yet, um, is that we are going to have to start maybe doing more episodes a week. Because there's just so much that we have to discuss. Yeah. Oh, is that it? I think that was the Punisher right there. I can't tell what's happening. I can't even tell. This almost, I don't know if this is, is this legit? No, this is the, definitely the thing. I just don't see uh, the Punisher part. Yeah. Let me see. I see a lot of people with glowing fists. Pretty standard. Yeah. Was that Electra? Electra. No, that was, uh, Electra's like a bad guy because she got taken over by the hand. Jessica Jones needs to just go away. She has a a rough and tough attitude, Corey. She's ready to take on the the bad guys. She's bringing the show down. I didn't see the, (laughs) I didn't see the Punisher in that trailer at all. Where up? I see Stan Stan Lee. Lee. So. Just, you sure you don't see the, is that him right there? No, No, that's, no, that's him. It's so brief. Uh, this is like a foreign trailer. Oh, too. they just mashed a bunch of trailers. I hate when people do this. They're like, that's <sighs> it's great, him. It's a great that's way him. to. Right there. Yeah. Okay. That right. was it. And he's wearing uh, the skull on his shirt. Yeah. Who cares? Happy. I'm done with this. Okay. We need to wrap this episode up. Okay. Uh, well, there it is, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We know it was kind of scatterbrained all over the place, but then again, every episode is. Um, and we didn't even get a chance to talk about some of the topics you guys wanted us to discuss. Um, to that one commenter who's been asking about my thoughts on the Wolverine film for like the last couple months, I, I apologize. Good. I, I will Done. say this to you right now. It was good. I didn't care for it at first, but I've watched it a couple more times since, and I'm convinced at this point it's the best Wolverine film. Without a doubt. It's good as shit. It's well-directed. It looks great. So that's my thoughts on it. Maybe we'll discuss it more. Like I said, we just need to have more of these shows uh, as, uh, as much as we can fit them in. Uh, but there it is. That's our thoughts today. Um, if there are any big Comic-Con trailers that you guys were excited for, make sure to tell us about them and what other topics you guys would like us to discuss as we move forward into what is arguably going to be one of the most action-packed and filled TV seasons, I think, maybe ever. It's going to be insane. Uh, also, uh, I would like to thank Rogue Intel Network. They're the guys who make this show possible, and they've been helping us out with so much stuff. They also have a lot of other great shows that you guys have to check out. And one of the best ways, of course, to support that network as well as this show right here is to use their Amazon link. Whenever you guys are buying anything on Amazon, whether it be some of your favorite shows on DVD, the big DVD box sets, any of that stuff, these brand new Marvel films and collections are coming out, use our distinctive Amazon link, which is going to be rogueintel.com slash Amazon. Make sure to use that for all of your shopping needs. It won't cost you any extra and you're going to actually help support all of these amazing shows and you want to do that right it's awesome and remember these shows of course are also downloadable for free you can take us with you on the go whether you're in the car or working out make sure to check us out at blog talk radio and all the other shows at rogue intel network so there it is guys thank you again for watching we will see you next time Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.